I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. To Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. And as always, we got a lot of ground to cover in the fastest 60 minutes of radio as we attempt to. Slow things down just a little bit, help you divide the rage from the reason, help you connect the dots and elevate the conversation, make the news make sense today, and there's uh, a lot of it. And uh, we're going to go wall-to-wall today, uh, everything from uh, college football, high school football, uh, coronavirus. Uh, we're going to be joined by Roger Porter uh, talking about Brent Scowcroft, a former national security advisor who passed away over the weekend at age 95, his legacy and uh, the way he operated in a very tricky Washington, D.C. Uh, we'll also talk a little bit about uh, a topic we haven't come back to in a little bit, uh, instant certainty and uh, the problem that it faces. And as we enter this fall political season, it's going to be more important than ever that we do step back, that we avoid the instant certainty, uh, that we open ourselves up a little bit, have a little bit of vulnerability, be willing to listen, be willing to learn, be willing to address facts and science and uh, all of those things. Uh, and so we're going to break all of that down as we go through the day today. And I, and I want you to join in the conversation as we try to elevate it. You can do that on our Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line, 57500. 57, Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line. Uh, weigh in today. Help us elevate the conversation and get to some clarity. Uh, help me learn something today. That's always the goal. <laughs> we always talk about the audience of one. It starts with me and I need to learn something today. And I uh, hope you come along for the ride. So one of the things that uh, has been a uh, big newsmaker over the last uh, 48 hours, really over the weekend as well, uh, as we really started to look at what the president did over the weekend, as we look at those uh, executive orders, uh, those of you who listen to this show regularly, you know I am not a fan of executive orders, and it doesn't matter who the occupant of the White House is. Uh, the biggest challenge there, obviously, is that it is uh, beyond the president's scope, uh, to do that now, a couple of those, actually three of them, are uh, actually not executive orders. They're executive memorandum, uh, which is a little bit different. Um, but still, uh, this is all part and parcel uh, to what is going wrong in our nation's capital right now. And again, it's members of both parties. So this is not a left or right issue. This is a governing issue. And it doesn't actually begin in the White House. It begins in Congress. And when Congress continues to be bogged down, 
uh, presidents get frustrated and they say, well, if you're not going to do it, I will go alone. Uh, and that's what has happened. Uh, really interesting today in uh, National Review, Yuval Levin and Adam White uh, wrote a great piece uh, talking about the return of uh, pen and phone constitutionalism. Uh, many people remember uh, uh, President Barack Obama uh, threatening the Congress, saying, hey, I've got a cell phone and a pen, uh, not, and I know how to use them. And, and he did that. Uh, he did that when it came to the DACA program. And uh, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. So critical. Uh, here you had this program, again, trying to help those young immigrants who came here illegally through no fault of their own. They were brought by their parents. They don't have a place to go back to. Many cases, they don't speak the the language uh, of where they would be deported to. Congress failed to act. President Obama said, I will go it alone. Uh, and he did that. Uh, sadly, it actually created more uncertainty for many of those kids than it created certainty uh, because it ended up in the courts and worked its way along. And is it constitutional? And is it not? And, and it just becomes a, a bigger mess. So President Trump has done something similar and said, well, Congress left town in the middle of a pandemic with a lot of people who are struggling and frustrated and trying to make ends meet. And Congress walked away. Congress walked away from it all. And I'm just going to do it myself. And so he did. And so then, of course, uh, members on both sides of the aisle, you know, whine and complain and moan and say, hey, he can't do that. That's not in the Constitution. That's not in your powers. But so often we have seen members of Congress cede that power, abdicate that power to the executive branch. And the executive branch is all too eager to take it. They're all too happy to say, oh, you don't want to lead? We'll take that. We'll do that. No problem. Uh, and unfortunately, it really just leads to a lot more chaos, a lot more uncertainty for those that were supposedly trying to help. And so we, we've got to get back to it. We've got to get back to these fundamental principles and holding Congress accountable for doing their job. Uh, I thought it was really interesting uh, just looking at some of the comments coming out of Utah's uh, uh, delegation as it relates to the president's order. Uh, Senator Mike Lee took to Twitter. Uh, he said it is disturbing how much legislative power Congress has given the executive branch. I call on my colleagues who say they oppose these actions to work with me in returning these powers to the legislative branch where they belong. Uh, he posted that on Twitter. Uh, John Curtis, Representative Curtis, uh, also weighed in and said, no, this is not how this is to be done. We've got to get that back into Congress. And, and so that's what we've got to get back to. If we don't get back to those kinds of conversations, uh, this is just going to keep uh, steamrolling along. Uh, and it doesn't help any of us. Uh, and again, the precedent is horrible uh, because the more this goes and then we complain about an imperial presidency, again, whether it's on the left or the right, whether that's a, a second term of President Trump or a first term of a President Biden, uh, we're going to see more executive orders. Uh, we've we've seen more in the early stages of the uh, Trump presidency than we did, not by a lot, but a little bit. He's a he's ahead of the pace that uh, Barack Obama uh, used, or George W. Bush, or Bill Clinton, uh, but not by much. Uh, they all use them, and they they seem to be using them more and more. So this becomes the pattern, 
and it, we cannot legislate uh, with one person. And so what we need to do is we need to call on Congress to get back in session and let's do this right. Let's not just do the typical, let's have our four-person law firm of Pelosi, Schumer, McConnell, and McCarthy behind closed doors, or worse, their staff behind closed doors, uh, figuring something out, and then presenting it to the world as if it is the only option. This is the only thing we can do. And that's just not how it's set up to be run. The idea is let's put it on the floor of the House and the Senate. Let's debate it in front of the American people. And let's have amendments. We can have compromise. We can do all kinds of things there. It's all it all works. The system works when we let it work. But the problem is, is we continue to let the politics drive it. And there are too many in Washington who are willing to score the political point at the expense of solving the American people's problem. Uh, and the challenges that so many are facing out there. And so we're going to continue to drill into this because the the other backside to this that is incredibly problematic in my view is that if presidents continue to govern by executive order, it absolves Congress from taking responsibility or being held accountable. So there's no transparency. There's no way to hold anybody accountable and so it just continues to perpetuate and to move forward. And so we have to demand that. And we wonder why trust is so low in government. It's so low because there's no transparency and there's no accountability. Uh, it's it's a really simple formula. You all know I'm not good at math. Uh, this math works every time. When you have transparency and accountability, the result is trust. We should try to get a little bit more of that. Uh, also, we're continuing to follow our uh, moonshot goal of uh, getting all the way to Labor Day. Everybody doing their part. Uh, it was very nice to see on Monday only 263 new cases of COVID-19. Uh, sadly, nine deaths reported here in the state. Uh, this is the lowest daily number we've had uh, since June. So that is the right trend. Uh, we're making progress. Things are moving forward. Be part of the solution. Move that. Uh, and, of course, that's leading to a lot of conversations, including what do we do with college football and what do we do with high school football right here in the state of Utah? So we're going to step aside. And when we come back, potential death of college football, what happens with high school sports here in Utah? Stay with us. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.